0: So, um, we're going to continue our journey in great Jewish faith. And boy, oh boy, do we need faith these days. Could not come at a better time, right? This Monday class. Incredible, incredible times that we're living in that are really unpleasant. Um, the Gemara says somewhere that one of the... Uh, one of the great rabbis said that when Mashiach comes, let him come, but I don't want to see him. I don't want to, I don't want to be around when this happens. And if indeed uh, this is the time that Mashiach is coming, I guess we're starting to get a little bit of an understanding why people would not want to be necessarily living through this period because it's very, very difficult, um, to say the least, all of the... Um, the tragedies and the stories and the questions and the uh, the uncertainty going forward, and these are very, very difficult times. These are times that I think are I'm not the only one to say it, but I think we all could feel that this is uh these are times that are really unprecedented in in your life in my life um and, uh, yeah, there aren't too many words, really, to explain what happened or to uh, come to terms with what happened. And I keep saying that, like, no matter what happens going forward, like, even if they eradicate every single member of Hamas and, uh, and uh, they get all the hostages back, hopefully, Mitz it, it's still, you know, it's still is nothing. It's a drop in the bucket. Like, there's no consolation here. Like, you still lost 1,300, you know, Israelis. There's still uh, families that are grieving and children that are orphaned and parents that don't have their child. It's, you know, it's a really, really difficult situation and it's very hard to see any solace, any consolation in the uh, foreseeable future Having said that, we know that life has to go on. We're not supposed to be walking around like zombies and depressed all day, Uh, but it's very hard to not do so. Let's see a a couple of uh, quotes today that may help us a little bit get through it or to understand that there's a uh, Ravina Yaina. Ravina Yaina is in Shari Tshuva, one of the great classic svarim in Musar, it's really uh, primarily used, I guess, during El-Rashan Kippur time because it really goes into great depth uh, about the mitzvah of tshuva and how to perform it. But he writes as follows, somewhere in the Sefer, and it's on a Pasuk in Devarim, Perk Chaf Pasuk, Pasuk Aleph, that Kisei Tzom you you're going to go out to war against your enemies, and then you're going to see horses and chariots, forces superior to yours, have no fear of them. So the Torah is basically telling us what? That when you're going out to war, when you're going on a battlefield, and you'll see things that are very frightening. You can imagine what the Chayalim and their tanks are thinking now as they're prepping for possibly a a major ground invasion. And... Clearly, you know, the enemy is maybe not a superior enemy, but they still have many tricks up their sleeve. They're for sure uh, themselves planning uh, some surprises, no doubt, hopefully not. But, um, you know, it's very hard to foresee how uh, how it's going to play itself out. But, you know, there, there will definitely be, uh, be be times that we're going to grieve more. And and so that's exactly what Israel is going through right now. We're uh, going out to war. We see horses and chariots or they, that might be uh, replaced with um, anti-tank missiles that have been effective on the northern border, uh, AK-47s, sabotage, uh, um, you know, minefields, who knows what is in store. And the Torah says you shouldn't fear them. Don't fear. Be strong. Have emunah, have vitachan. So Rabbi says that when bracing oneself for any imminent threat, the heart should sense Hashem's salvation and trust in it. Rabbeinienus is expanding the definition of war to really anything and everything that we go through in our lives. A lot of times we're afraid of the unknown. Do you remember the day that you, uh, you know, you started perhaps a new high school, or when you went to Eretz Yisrael to learn, or when you came to Lander, and it's a new frontier? I don't know what's going to hit me. I don't know how I'm going to deal with it. It's scary, uh, or any, you know, any any type of, uh, of 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 problem that comes up, and you're you're nervous. So Akedat is basically telling us that. Illness, financial pressure, those horses and chariots, um, you shouldn't be frightened. And you should always remember that Hashem is with you. Hashem is on our side. Trust in Him. Follow Him. And everything will turn out well in the end. Again, I'm not saying that everything is going to be perfect because it can't be perfect. That's not life and that's not uh, certainly what we're going through in this very, very difficult period of life. But we still have to always remember that there's a God in the world. And that's one of the problems, and I'm, I'm the guiltiest of everybody, that we're obsessed about reading the news these days. I don't know if everybody is doing that also, but I'm just like every free moment that I have, or even not free moment, I'll check the various websites, the news sites, the Jewish sites, the non-Jewish sites, and try to get any little tidbit of information, you know what's. I, I do have a daughter there, and I have relatives there, but I think even without that, I would just be, you know, just I want to know. You want to know what's going on? Did the invasion begin? You know, how many uh, bombs dropped, and what's going on in the northern front, and in Syria, and in uh, uh, what's doing? Like, where are there any infiltrations? Like, you want to know everything. It's not so good to constantly be looking at these things and to be looking at every video uh, and every graphic, gory image that comes out because it's very, very frightening. And that's really what they want. The enemy wants to terrorize us and there's no greater n- international, global form of terrorism than, uh, than having every single person with a smartphone looking at their, at the pictures of, of terrible, terrible atrocities that they committed and thereby you know scare everybody to death so it's important to be composed in times like these as best as we can and try to calm down and think about the fact that akrishparjo is here he's in charge he loves us he's going to protect us from all the horses and chariots that threaten us and and hopefully in Hashem, soon we will somehow be able to understand why this had to happen in order to bring us closer to the imminent ge'ulah. Let's find another important quote. This is also very important. Rav Huttner, the Roshiv of Chaim Berlin used to say, that if I were to ask you, what's the point of fervent prayer? When, why, why do you daven? Like, what do you, uh, like, if, if what, what, like, what's the catalyst to make a person daven, but like a really, not a regular davening that we have every day, but like a really serious, heartfelt, tear, tearful davening. What would it be? What would cause that? What would cause such a davening to happen? I want to, I have a problem. There's a trouble, there's a crisis. I have to, I have to get out of this crisis, so I daven. Isn't that the way we think of it? Like I have a problem, I have an issue. That's what. 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 Why would I daven really seriously? Because there's a crisis in Eretz Yisrael. Because there's a war. Because uh, al son, somebody that we know, is very ill, or they're having a financial issue, or they're uh, uh, you know something happened. There's a car accident, and now you know ski accident, and we have to like right away galvanize and start davening really, really well. Right. That's the way it works. That's the that's the quid pro quo. There's a trouble and I take out my sitter. I take out my tilum and I start davening. If Huttner says, and he proves this from a few different places, he says it's the opposite. He says that's not what happens. It's not that there's, a tr- there's a problem and now we pull out our sitter. It starts the other way. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants our tefilas. HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves our tefilas. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to, to connect with him in a very real way. So what does he do? He sends a major crisis, and so we pull out our sitter. But it's not that, oh, there was a crisis, that's step one, and now we react with our sitter. No. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to react with our sitter, so he almost fabricates, if that's not a good word, but like he manufactures a crisis or a problem so that we daven. Now, the quote is, the purpose of prayer is not to get us out of trouble. The purpose of trouble is to get us into prayer. Trouble is supposed to be there because HaKadosh wants us to get close to Him. Now, I'm not saying that that neatly answers what happened on October 7th. That's not what I mean to be saying. But in general, take it as a general rule of thumb that whenever there's a crisis in our life, it's because HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us, A. And B, he wants a connection to us. He feels that maybe the connection is, not, is fraying. So he has to do something to get our attention. And when he gets our attention, now he starts doubting. There's actually a beautiful medrash. And the medrash uh, says that there was a, a beautiful uh, young girl and a prince, uh, and she was once like abducted by people. By like really bad people, and she starts screaming, and like a young handsome prince hears her cries, and then he uh, he goes and he beats back the enemy and he frees her from her captivity and from her death, and and she's very appreciative and she gets you know very close to him and eventually uh, you know he wants to marry her but she cools off by then she's not really so interested in him. And, but he wants to, you know, he wants to have that relationship again. So what does he do, says the Medrash? He, he hires people to abduct her again, and then she cries out again, and then he goes and he rescues her a second time. And the Medrash is speaking about Kriyas Yamsuf, that Kodesh loved the cries of Klai Yisrael when they were in Egyptian servitude, and then they sort of stopped. And then, in order to get them to cry again, he makes the Egyptian army chase after them, they cry, and then he saves them again. And we learn from that, again, that the purpose of Tzarus is to bring, it's not that tefillah is a reaction to Tzarus, but Tzarus is the, is the cause for us to daven. HaKadosh who brings Tzarus because he wants to hear our cries. He loves our cries, he loves our tefillahs. What do you think the takeaway of that is? What's the takeaway of that? Like, what's the, what's the lesson? So, the lesson, I, I think, that I would say is, and the Gemara really says this also, that, yaktim adam tfilo If you're a smart person, and you don't want to be tested, you don't want to have a medical emergency in your family. You don't want to have financial issues. You don't want to have a, um, you know, any, anything plague you or on a national level. Klai Yisrael doesn't want war and they don't want terrorism and they don't want uh, terrible news. So you should daven well before any problems start. Because what Kodesh just is doing is, is manufacturing Tsaris in order to elicit prayer from us so what happens if we just pray without any tsara? Imagine if we would be able to have really major kavanah on, on any given day. Theoretically, if, if what we're saying is true, HaKadosh Baruch Hu would have no need to manufacture tsaras because the tsaras are just in order to get us to open up our telem tila, our tila and, and cry. If we're opening up our telem and crying on a, on a good day also, if we're always in good kavanah mode, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't have a need if that girl would have, if that princess or that, that girl would have just said, I'll marry you to the prince, and, and, and then you wouldn't need to like create another scenario of crisis. And so it's a very important thing. Don't just daven. We shouldn't daven just when things are bad, but we should daven, we should be makdim tfil tsar. We should first daven so that would ward off any tsaras from happening. First daven well every day, and then you'll be surprised that hopefully a lot of the tsarists that will never hopefully know about what we missed, but the tsarists will, um, will be left uh, without having to actually be implemented. Here's one final thought for the day. This is from Rabbi Chesko Levenstein, the great mashkiach in uh, the Mir in Poland and then in Panovich in Eretz well. And he says a beautiful, very, very important lesson about emunah and about bitachin. He says that, and he bases it on the chayvah v'savavis, the shara bitachin, that what is the definition of bitachin? So the shara bitachin defines it as feeling serenity about worldly pressures and tranquility from the things that cause the mind to ache. Bitachen means that I'm never stressed out because I always know that Hashem is with me. Let's say you had a very wealthy uncle who's a, a billionaire and he happens to love you like crazy and he's very generous. Would you ever have like a financial worry? Would you ever like think, oh my gosh, like what am I going to do for Parnassah? No, because, you know, I have a rich uncle. If all else fails, he'll, he's a safety net. He'll, he'll always catch me. I'll never fall. Well, you have an, a rich uncle. His name is God. How could a So, you know, you have a, an uncle that's a great doctor. His name is God. And he could save you from any medical uh, crisis. And you have a, an uncle that's a, that's a general in the army. His name is God. He could solve any, any military crisis that could happen. So, if you have real bitachin in that, what I just said, that I have everything, because Hashem is with me, Hashem loves me. And any problem that I might have, Hakenbach will always extract me from, so then I should be able to have, as the Slevislovva as the says, serenity about worldly pressures and tranquility for the things that cause the mind take. all those headaches that people have because of worries of, of all sorts that we describe, I wouldn't have them because I have God on my side. So then why are we still nervous? If we really believe in Hashem, I think we can all agree together that there is a God in the world and that we trust in God. God is real and God is true and he controls everything and he, he owns everything and he, he's all powerful. So why is it that we're nervous? What exactly is it that still causes us anxiety in life? If we believe in God, what's the bridge that separates us from the promised land of feeling always at peace with things in life? What's the answer to that? Anyone want to take a stab at it? Beware. What? Disconnection. A disconnection. Disconnection. That's very good. You don't feel connected, Harry, even if you do believe believe this, which all Jews should mm-hmm. and hopefully do, but if you don't feel connected, like. Okay, I have this little uncle that I, it doesn't make a difference. If I don't really feel like there's a connection. He might too. hear about me, he might not, I don't know. Right. You don't, so you don't okay. feel that you have that connection, right. So Becheska Labramsky says a little bit differently. He says that the difference, the reason why it's so hard for us to really embrace... And for us to just walk around with a smile on our face all day with a little extra, you know, jump in my step, knowing that you know everything is gonna always be good and everything will be turn out good in the end, is because we're impatient. We're impatient. What does that mean? We expect Hashem to operate the same way as humans do. Meaning, if let's say I have a flat tire. Laylenu, right? What do I do? I call Hatzala, and within a few minutes, hopefully, Hatzala Chaverim uh, will be at my at my uh, car side, and they'll be replacing my flat tire. You know, with uh, you know, let's say a person Laylenu like has uh, ha- has an accident, or you know, or, or at home something happens bad, a person is feeling like, you know, he's having a heart attack, call Atsala, 30 seconds later, is on it, and they're, you know, you're in a, a, in a, on a gurney, you're in, a, in an ambulance, you're being rushed to a hospital, you're getting the best treatment. Everything that we have in life happens very instantaneously. We're used to things being, you know, right away, I have a problem, solve it right away. God doesn't operate that way, unfortunately. Hashem operates at, on his time clock. He doesn't care about our time clock. Not that he doesn't care. That's just not the way he does it. He doesn't assist us spontaneously. He gives a person a test and does not reveal his goodness until later. So one needs to have patience when awaiting Hashem's salvation. It will come exactly when it is supposed to. Hashem will save us, but it's not going to come when we expect it to happen. We, it will happen, and that's why, like, they keep on saying, like, the Prime Minister in Israel and the and the generals and the, the chief of staffs, they're all saying this is going to be a long-drawn-out war. Why do they say that? Because people expect things to be, especially, like, in we're a generation of, like, uh, um, you know, everything is instantaneous, right? We get instant soup, and we get instant... Uh, Cable and we have every, you know, everything is like on the beck and call. We, we have on demand everything. And we don't like waiting for things to happen. We like everything happening in real time. We don't want to wait. What does not I mean waiting? So they have to like say, it's going to take time. do so you can't expect to win the war in 30 seconds. This isn't like a made for TV movie. This is something that will take time. It's not going to take just a half an hour. It might take uh, it might take two weeks, it might take two months, it might take two years. God knows how long it's going to take. But we need patience. And we can't expect Hashem to solve every problem right away. Sometimes Hashem puts us in Yisrael, He gives us a test, whatever the test is, and, and we're expected to, to, to grind through the test and to deal with it. And to deal with it takes time sometimes. Sometimes a person is sick with uh, Machla and he, maybe he or she will survive. But it could take years before they get it, go into remission. And there's a lot of stress until that time. So you have to hold on to Bittachen for a long time. The key to Bittachen, says Rabbi of Levenstein, is patience. That's such an important thing because you know, we always wonder, why don't I have bitachen? Other people have Bittachen. You know why I don't have Bittachen? Because I'm impatient. I need God to answer me now. There's a crisis, and I want him to answer now. If he doesn't answer right now, that means he doesn't love me, in my mind. If I need to, you know, I need a job, and it's taking a long time for me to get that job. Where's God? Why is he not answering? I need it now. I'm impatient. I need a shidduch. I've been going out already for three months, and no I can't find it. Already. It's a crisis. It's not a crisis. Hashem is putting. He has a girl for you. You just have to. Go through the process. You're not ready. She's not ready. Maybe she's not old enough to even be dating yet. We don't know what the circumstances are. But you have to trust in God, and the, the process takes time. And this is something that we have to live with. We want, like, that this war should be over, we should get the hostages back, and that the, you know, Mashiach should come, and that all should happen, you know, by lunchtime, by, by the time we start davening mincha. Halavai, but that's not the way God operates. And if we understand that that's not the way God operates, it will maybe allow us to have more, give God more leeway, give him more time, give him more understanding, patience, to get what he needs to be done done in the time that he, that he needs and not the time that we expect it to happen. So we learned a few very, very important this today about bitachen. First, The first say is, that when we go out to war we have to have bitachin Hashem. We're in war right now, we have to have constant bitachin that Hashem is going to answer our our tfilas. The second thing that we learned today is that who is the second one that we learned? The second thing that we learned today is what? No? Anyone? Okay. Let's cut to the third one. The third one is the is patience. How it's important to always have patience because God sometimes takes His time in carrying out things, and it doesn't always happen uh, when we expect it to happen. That's not the way Hashem operates. Hashem operates uh, on His own timetable, and and we have to learn learn to be patient about about the process and to not and to not expect things uh, in real time. And the final thing is, anyone remember yet? Rav Hutner. Rav Hutner says that the troubles that happen are not, uh, is not that, the, that there's a problem, there's a trouble, there's a crisis, and we dive in? No, no, no. Hashem sends the trouble in order that we should dive in. That shows the power of prayer. It shows how beloved prayer is to Hashem. And like we said, it's always important. Right now we're in a we're in a crisis, so we're davening. But after the crisis passes, in Hashem, we should really learn from now to, to daven well before there's any crisis. Imagine if Klal Yisrael would have had these Tehillim rallies and these Tefillah rallies and these Tshuva rallies, you know, before before Simchas maybe that would have. Stop this crisis from happening, because Hashem. Oh, okay, we're closer already. I don't need to send any crisis, to, you know, to make us closer. But we sh- we have to learn our lesson from when there is a problem. That next time, when things are relatively safe, let's appreciate it and let's daven to Hashem and create and continue to have a close relationship with Him, so that there is no need chas v'shalom to manufacture any future crisis.